Okay, welcome everybody. What is happening today is a little bit different than what's happened in the past. We have a special guest, Brenda Wilson, who is absolutely amazing, and you guys are going to love her. And because of this, we go on for what, 45 minutes, Adam? Yeah, it's something like that. It's, it's 45 minutes. So in order to kind of stick to our schedule so you guys can listen on your way to work, while you're at the gym, whatever, we're going to cut this in. We've decided we're going to cut this into two parts. So what you're listening to now is the first half of our interview with Brenda Wilson. And then next week, we'll do the second half. And the reason we missed a week, apologies to everybody. It's my fault. This is Adam, if you know my voice right now. It's my fault we missed a week. I'm going to blame travel baseball, and we'll come back to that later. Forget it. All right. Enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to a good old-fashioned podcast. Welcome, welcome. As always, this is Adam Morgan, your host. And I'm Davey Green. And with us, we have a very special guest today. Brenda Wilson. All right, first, we're going to cheers. All right, let's cheers and toast. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what is that sound? That is definitely not bourbon. What are we drinking here? We have a little Cloudy Bay Sauvignon Blanc. We changed it up today and we're going wine style. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. We're on a good old fashioned podcast here. I don't know how I feel about drinking wine. What do we, I think we can, I think it'll be okay this time. Just once. Just once. All right. So for the, Brenda. For Brenda. All right. Well, there's a reason we're drinking wine and that's because our special guest today, Brenda Wilson, who anybody listening from the greater, Con- well, shoot, anybody from the Southeast U.S. is probably going to recognize her name. Um, everybody, everybody knows Brenda. She is, uh, well, the reason we're drinking wine is because Brenda has for, was for 25 years, um, wine rep for the largest winery in the world. Is that the right way to say it? That is the right way to say it. Yeah. I worked in the Gala winery for 25 years, had a, had a lot of fun selling wine. And, uh, they say the economy is good. People drink, the economy is bad. People drink more. So it was a good industry to be in and, uh, recession proof and a lot of fun. So excited to be here today. I love it. And and Davey and I asked you to join us because, well, frankly, we don't know anything about wine. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Probably less than nothing. If we knew something, that'd be something. If we knew if we knew we knew nothing, it'd be something, but we know nothing. Well, you know your wives like it. That's we do know that. <laughs> so l- let's just jump right in. All right. So the the most embarrassing thing for me is being in a restaurant and you sit down and some sweet little young lady comes and presents you with the wine menu. And I have to say, I just, sometimes I open it and ask politely for, well, I don't care. Why doesn't somebody else pick? But I, I just don't know what I'm doing. Nothing. I have no idea what I'm doing, what I'm looking for. You know, I, I'm just completely overwhelmed when it comes to wine. Right. So it can be overwhelming, but it's, you have to view it more as an experience and get excited about it. Like think about all the bourbons on um, Adam's bourbon wall. You didn't know anything about all those, but now you do. So it just takes some practice and some time. So wine lists are definitely one of those things you can either be excited about or get a little overwhelmed about. But either way, there are simple ways to break it down so that you do not start sweating while you're sitting at the table when they hand you the wine list. Um, First, whoever you're having dinner with, you figure out, 
Are you guys going to be doing it by the bottle or by the glass? Does everybody want to have wine or are you just ordering by the glass? Um, so okay. consumption first. Consumption Go with volume. first. But okay. a lot of reason for that is because usually ordering by the bottle is a better value. When you order by the glass, that's how the restaurants make a, a larger margin. Um, so, And some people want to order by the glass because they want to pair a specific wine with a specific part of their meal that they're having. So they may not want a whole bottle. Um, but so first you have to figure that out as a group. Then what kind of wine, what kind of wine, what style do you want to have bubbles? Do you want to have red wine, white wine, rosé? Um, you know, try to figure that out. And the third piece of it is, is just what's your budget. So if someone's, if you're sitting down in a restaurant and they're handing you a 70 page book, there's wine list, there's going to be a wine in anybody's budget. And it's kind of fun to kind of try new things and go through and best advice from a wine list is I think some of the angst that people have is when they see Spanish wines or French wines, they don't, they feel like they don't know how to pronounce it. So you don't have to worry. I know that's, that's where I like when they have numbers and you're like number 74. That's it. So you can, one, you, you guys can't see us, but Adam was just doing it. He's pointing at it. You can point at it and the waiter will know, or the sommelier or whoever will know what it is that you are asking him to go get. And they do have bid numbers, but there are some, I, I want to see, I was wondering how, Davey would try to read some or do some. I'd be fun. I'd be interested to see how you read the wine list. If like there was the French Pouille Fousse, how you would say. <laughs> yeah. She, okay. So like I wouldn't. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I, I can go ahead and guarantee that. But what I would do, my method when it comes to me is, is I automatically cross off the two cheapest ones. Because I don't want to be cheap, seen as a cheapskate. Yeah. I'm probably not going with the two or three most expensive ones. Oh, it's a bell curve. Right. And so I'm looking for, for something in the middle. And I know if we're if we're at a if we're at a seafood place or, or gonna be eating fish, I go with white. If we're gonna be having steak, I go with red. Yeah, yeah that's my kind of caveman response. Is, I know that like it. fish and pasta, you're going white and meat, you're red meat, you're going red. Yes. But, out of the three things you mentioned, one and three make perfect sense, right? Like, okay, how much are we going to drink and how much do we want to spend seem like the easiest. It's the part in the middle. It's number two that make, to me throws it off all the time. Cause you, to point, you get to some restaurants and there's like a hundred wines to choose from. And, and everybody always seems to know like all these brands and labels they like. And I'm just like sitting there staring at it, yeah. like nodding along. Like I understand anything. So the first thing is drink what you love. Like Every day, drink what you love. It doesn't, you know, if you're having seafood and you really love Cabernet, drink but, Cabernet with your seafood. But I think that's a, I think that's one of the things that we. You feel like someone's going to judge well, you for it. No, not that necessarily we're going to judge. It's just that that we don't know. Yeah. So oh, you don't we know don't. You like? We don't. We don't really know what we like. And I think you and I have had the conversation before about um, there's the there is a bottle of wine. There's the Shea Vineyards oh, bottle yeah. one that Margie and I had when we were on, uh, we, we hit a lick out in Vegas and went to craft state and we had a bottle of Shea Vineyards one. And it's, it's a fit. I think it's 45, $50 bottle of wine. It's yeah. not going to, it's probably not what you would drink every day, but it's not going to break the bank, so to speak. But now I think we probably paid a little bit more for that in the restaurant or whatever, but but so that one, so I know that we enjoyed that one one time and it has a little bit of sentimental value. So, so that's one that's kind of on our list. If I saw that one, I would probably do that. Yeah. But other than that, I don't really know. So how do you, when you don't know and, and the table is drinking wine, 
then what, how do you, how do you navigate that? So first and foremost, taste before you buy. I mean, ask them for a taste, you know, ask them, ask them to bring over a so lot that, of the that's restaurants. Kosher? Yeah. They'll, if you want to, I want to try this. I'm not sure if I like it or not, or I don't remember this wine or you know, if they have a bottle open, they will bring over um, some for you to taste. And, and okay. And then Keep you going. can decide if you like it or not. Another, um, another tip is it's called uh, Groden together, go together. So let's say you're in an Italian restaurant and you are ordering a Tuscan pasta dish. Um, a lot of the times when they have large wine lists, they will break them out by country or region. So if you're having a pasta dish that's from um, the Tuscany region, you might want to go look for a wine that's from the Tuscany region. Chances are it will blend. Another thing is who, if you have a wine you do like, like your Shea from, um, that you're talking about, you tell the sommelier or um, whoever it is, this is the wine that we both really like. This is the wine profile we like. Do you have, suggest anything similar to that on this list? They are the experts. They know their wine list in and out. They get to taste them before. When they bring new wines on, they taste them before they put them on the list. So that's grows together, job. goes together. So yeah. any from the same region, yeah. that, that's okay. Yeah. That's something that... Grows together, goes okay, together. Okay, so that's something that I hadn't heard I before. like it. That's catchy. I've never heard that before. Yeah. And that's easy to remember. Easy to remember. Our listeners are not all that smart either. So that'll, that'll I wonder go. what kind of grapes grow where they have cows. Yeah. <laughs> California. You get California Angus. You get a Napa cow. Yeah. All right. A Napa cabin. Yeah, so, okay. So I'm, I'm going to go back. You said sommelier. Yes. So explain to our listeners what a sommelier is and what is. So, well. Especially all the Canon yeah. kids that may be dialing in right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> So sommelier is, um, I think people are born with this. So uh, it is a very difficult, think about series sevens for CPAs or LSATs for lawyers or, you know, the, all the um, higher, uh, the, the testing that people have to go back through for MCATs to become doctors. That's the, the sommelier process. In the wine industry, there are a series of different kinds of tests that you have to go take to get certified to become a sommelier. There's master sommelier as well. And I think there's, I think the number is less than 10 that in the world. maybe masters. I could be wrong about that, but we'll have to check the Google machine. But um, I think people are born with it. They're the people oh, we don't that fact could... check. It's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Neil can check that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> um, so people that um, they, they're able to drink a glass of wine and tell you what terroir, where it's from, where, what kind of soil it grew out of. Is it um, in a cold region or a hot climate? Like, so they have a way in which to really understand the subtleties of wine in a glass and a bottle and um, know it in and out. So it's, it's very much um, I think something that, that people definitely have to have, uh, you're born to be able to do it. You, and they think, they say that women are a little better wine tasters than men because of their sense of smell and their sense of taste. So. That makes sense. Okay. So what's it appropriate to, what's it appropriate to ask a sommelier in what it, I mean, what, what, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what's the, their job is to serve you and make you have a great experience with the wine list that they present you. So I don't think there are any questions that are off limits. And it's probably um, safe it's to say how that you present them. Okay. Since they work for the restaurant, they, they probably know the menu pretty well. They probably know the pairing, right? Is yep. it fair to say that they're probably the best person to ask because they know the food and what's going to go with it the best? Yes. Just because they yes. recommend it all that. And they are the ones that there's no question that's silly to them. I mean, their job is to help you enjoy the experience and love the wine. With So if you say to them, I like purple wine. They're not going to laugh at you and say that doesn't exist. They're going to say, oh, so you like a darker red. Here are some suggestions. So they're going to make it an experience. Even if you say something or ask a question that you think is maybe not correct, they, their, their job is to 
um, get you to a place where you enjoy the experience and the wine. It's funny. I didn't realize realize there was levels either um, until recently. It's funny you say that because I was going to ask you that, but we were literally at a client dinner two weeks ago and the sommelier came over and she said, to your point, female, she said, I'm a level one sommelier. And I didn't know there was... Yes. How many levels are there? I, I don't. I, I know there's a, the master Somalia is right. the like penultimate of it all, and right. if you can get there, you are so. you're big time. <laughs> yeah, you're big time. You're rolling. All right. <laughs> yes. So I don't know very many Somalias, but if you know any, they are a good resource to um, sit down and have a glass of wine with. And it's on that note, if you want to learn about wine, some of the best ways to do it is to go to your local winery. It does, so wine is grown in all all states in the U.S. Every state, including Alaska grows wine, produces wine. So any state you're in, go to a local winery and taste out the wines. Um, It's usually $10, $15, maybe $20 to do a flight. And that's how you start to learn about the different types of wine, the different regions of wine, the different way things are grown or how it tastes, what's sweet, what's bitter. It's just taking a little shot glass of some wine. Okay. Next question. Yeah. I see people sniffing wine and I've done it. (laughs) I've stuck my nose in the glass and it... Did and you look like oh, you were smells really like wine? wine. Smells like wine. <laughs> the, the swirl too. Yeah, the, there's there's a there's a wristy. There's a mo- some people are better at it than mine. I, I see the people that do it. You can tell the talented people because they keep it low. When I swirl, <laughs> it, it it goes up on the. I'm on the lucky glass. if I don't spill it all over right, myself. Exactly. The table. Yeah. Right. You need a sippy so, cup when you do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, probably inappropriate to ask for a sippy cup <laughs> or a straw, but. So tell me what, and so what's sticking your nose in? I'm assuming you're smelling. Yes. I, I know that part. So I know you're about to be a smart ass. So no. don't do that. <laughs> so I know they're smelling. Well, so I, have funny, they- I have a funny smelling story. So we were at oh. Corbell, um, which is a well-known champagne house in California and Sonoma. And um, I was with another, some other associates from work. And this gentleman I was with had a rather large nose, but and the champagne flutes are skinnier, right? So we were all having a, we were being poured some new um, champagnes and we wanted to sniff and whatever else. He put his nose in and he broke the glass. No way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So, don't so not just a big nose, a strong nose. He broke <laughs> yeah. the glass. Yeah. Oh my God, did he cut himself? No, no. It was just kind of funny. Uh-huh. So. I thought you were going to say get stuck at so, first. So you- what are you, what are you, what is the, when they present you with the glass and it's a very small amount and I've even seen people spit that out. Uh, yeah, you can spit it out. So first, um, first they usually will put the cork, if you're at a place that's handing you a wine list, they will hand you the cork or put the cork down. That really doesn't mean anything. Um, there's no real, you don't have to smell the cork. Have you ever seen somebody that smells the yeah. cork? So if they're doing that, they don't need to do that. Um, really what you want to see is that the top of the cork, um, that, that it was slightly wet because that means there was... No did, the wine didn't dry. That's it. I knew that. There you go. Yes. <laughs> the wine didn't dry out. So um, that's all you need for the cork. And then you can keep the cork to your point. And when you do try wines that you like, people always say that they um, forget what kind of wine it was. Take the cork with you because it's got the name of the wine on the cork. If you want to help oh. yourself remember. So um, first they'll present you with the cork. Then when they do pour out the taste, um, they will put it in. You should swirl it around. So the point of swirling it is, and it, you don't have to get real vigorous with it, but swirling it is when the air gets into the wine and it um, helps the aromatics come out. So that's what people are doing is trying to smell the um, uh, the aromatics of the wine, the aromas. So, uh, and then once you do that, you take a sip. Some people like to say, like, especially with red wines, they swirl it and they want to watch the legs. 
that's not really the legs on the side of the wine. You know yeah. what you're talking about when mm-hmm. it drips and it hangs a little bit. It's not going to tell you a lot about the wine, but you do want to smell it. You want to make sure that it's not corked or tainted. It doesn't smell off. If it does, then you give it, give it back to the, you know. When it's off, what does it smell like? like uh, it could smell or? like mildew. It could smell like cat piss. It could smell like it, rotten eggs is a big one. Um, and it just doesn't smell. You know, something's off. Uh, vinegar, if it's a red wine, it could have been stored wrong or stored too and long. That or, just happens even that just happens like to a bottle or two in a batch or is it typically a whole batch that goes bad? Um, it, it's usually a bottle. Too. Some of it. So what, what the better finer wines are usually um, uh, enclosed with a cork and a cork is a natural, a natural um, element. So it, it uh, is not, so it allows air to come in and out and it can break or it can splinter off or, or not be sealed properly. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, air will get in. So it's not necessarily a whole batch. It could be a couple bottles. Um, but it's also why some of the wineries have gone to the um, screw caps and the, the, which they're more, they're, they're less prone to some of the things that happen with corks. But. So if somebody smells the cork or starts looking at the legs, do you call them out for being yeah. like, dude, you don't know what you're doing. You're just trying to look cool. No. You just but say, the, Hey, uh, that's got some nice legs on it. Like they, but now trying to look cool right now. Listen, now our listeners know something. Hey, and knowledge is power people. So don't do I it. I always see people smell in the cork. If it, it probably yeah. smells like a cork. It probably does. <laughs> there you go. So okay. when you should swirl it, sniff it, and take a sip. And when you take a sip, you also want to try to bring air into your mouth on the side. So like, we can't, you can't see it. But if you take a thing of wine into your mouth and like kind of pull the air into it with the wine in it, it will help the flavors of the wine come out stronger so you can get a better idea. In your mouth? Yeah. And here's another little tip. So this is I'll the inside spit, tip. I, will, I kind of want to try this up, now, but I'm worried about spilling wine all over I will end up spitting yeah, it all over me. Oh, and so Let's all try this real quick. Did you get the lemon? Yes. See, there you go. The oh, flavor. You oh, my God. The flavor changed. <laughs> that's it. It did. That, that's the air coming Hold on. I got to try this again. There you go. You That is. And you didn't drool on yourself. <laughs> no. And it's, it's citrusy. Super yeah, citrusy. Yep. That's so Okay, that's that wild. Everyone. Now I want to like, yeah, Changes I've never never done that before. There you go. Never. It literally changed the flavor. And here's and the other thing. If you smell a wine, like let's say you do get a <laughs> you wine. You want to do it again, right? I, <laughs> but, okay, so I don't smell the citrus. But you will here. It might sm- you, the aroma doesn't always, the aroma, when you sniff a wine, it, that may be different than when you taste a wine. No, wild. I'm with That's you. Unbelievable. I, like, I want to keep <laughs> my eyes right now. So, my eyes are the biggest sauce. Do you experience wine? Do you do that every time? That's what I was just going to ask. Do you do that every, every time. time you're drinking? When I'm drinking a new wine that I haven't had before. You'll suck air in every sip? No, not every sip. No, just to get the flavor of it. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And the other trick is, so if you are somewhere, um, like when you have to do wine tastings and sniff a lot of wines, you have <laughs> 18 glasses it. in front of you, like your senses start to like, get overwhelmed and kind of it neutralizes things. So if you ever get to the point where like one of my first um, California trips, I think I was 24 and I went out to California to go through wine tasting 101. I sat down at the table. There were no joke, 18 wine glasses in front of me. I was like, Oh my, it was nine in the morning and it was really <laughs> good wine. It was all these Pinot Noirs. I was like, Oh my God, this could be awesome. But one, I didn't spit. So I got drunk before lunch. <laughs> Two, um, you start to get desensitized as you go through because it's just, you know, a lot. So if you ever need to reset it, you take your nose on the inside of your wrist and it will reset your 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 sense of smell. Really? And even if you smell a skunk, if you go like this and hold this here, you won't smell the skunk. To the inside of your wrist? Yeah. You press your nose against it? No, you don't have to, but 
Okay, that's wild. <laughs> and that applies to anything, right? Yeah, there's nothing smelly right now. Well, maybe Davey's a little smelly, but... Get, get over that. Well, for those, of those, those who heard a pet collar jingling, our my Labrador retriever decided to join the session today. So we actually had a fourth guest. There you but, go. Uh, for, that's, that's amazing. I, so those are two cool tricks, both the it's taking air in when you sip and then also smelling your wrist to reset your sense of smell. That's there really cool. That could apply to a lot of things. Yeah. This is going to be way more popular than the poop bag episode. <laughs> I can just go ahead and tell you. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly way more education. Well, we can right. do round two. I've got a lot more stuff. No, okay, so hey, well, okay, so I have one that I want to put in. We have to watch time Adam. too. We're at nineteen minutes. Okay, okay go ahead. This one's because if anybody knows Adam Morgan, he loves to toast. Do you know where toasting started from? No, and I would love to know. You know? No. So back in the ancient Roman times, uh, back then they would drink wine before water because the water did not have like treatment like we do today. So. The water actually had a lot of bacteria in it, but wine goes through natural fermentation, so it was safer to drink the wine. But the wine wasn't what we drink today. It was kind of bitter. So they would take a piece of toast, put it in the wine to soften the tannins and the bitterness, and then they would have the whoever poured the wine say, here's to one's health, and drink it to make sure that no one would get poisoned. And that's, so it's a, a Roman, Greece, Grecian, Greek tradition. That's where it came out of. That's really cool. Well, and and if you know me, you know that when we toast, I believe you need to look somebody in the eyes. <laughs> Should I explain that one or is that too off color for our I audience? Know, go ahead. Some, a younger audience. Go ahead. Go so, so years ago, I actually think it was 2001, I was in Zurich, Switzerland on business. And um, we literally first night I was there, the client took us all out to dinner. And, and everybody was toasting. And when they were toasting, they were like, it's almost hard to do over a podcast because you need to see it. But people were like overly deliberate, like staring people in the eye when they toasted them. And I was like, okay, what's the deal? And they said, here, we think that if you don't look somebody in the eyes when you toast them, it's seven years of bad sex. And so I'm literally like, <laughs> like 12 inches from somebody's face going, there you go. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. And so ever since Not then, I'm un, un, unable to, like <laughs> eyes wide open, afraid to blink. Toasting people directly in the <laughs> eyes. So uh, ever since then, I've just, and I've told everybody that story. And now like, it's almost a neighborly it joke, is, right? When yeah. we all toast, we like stare at each other. <laughs> almost awkwardly. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Now I'm a little uncomfortable that that's why you make me do that. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean us in general. Okay. Do we need to edit that out? I don't know. Neil. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. By the way, we really skipped, we skipped an important point when we introduced Brenda, which is normally we have a rule on a good old fashioned podcast that we don't talk about Brock. Well, just so happens that Brock is Brenda's husband. See, so again, and we ha we were almost through an entire episode without bringing him up. I, I know, mean, but she's married to him. So yeah. I feel like we got to explain. He's definitely my better half. You got to throw him in there. He's yeah. A, he's a good guy. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> there's, there, there's a reason you're a guest and he isn't. I'll just leave it. <laughs> Hey, everybody. This is Adam. As promised, this episode was amazing. We had a great time doing it, and we're going to split it into two. So stay tuned next week for part two in this series with the amazing Brenda Wilson. It's even better than this one. Get it.